Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soul Gab with Ash and Jazz. This is Ash. And this is Jazz. And tonight we are going to be doing episode number nine. So obviously, if you have not listened to the previous eight episodes, definitely go check out the last eight. And tonight we're going to be talking a little bit more about what we started talking about last episode, which is all about, well, the last two episodes, actually, we talked about toxic people and how to deal with all that. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about what we kind of started to touch on a little bit last time, and that is all about the new phenomenon that's the pseudo-empath. Oh, yeah. And like I discussed before, pseudo-empathy is a tactic, I want to say, that's mainly governed by or pretty much administered, I want to say, by the narcissist. It's a pre-packaged empath that's pretending to be an empath, but in reality, it's pretty much a toxic person or the narcissist just creeping in on mainly targeting mostly empaths and other sensitive people. Yes, because unfortunately, we tend to be the easy victim, if you will, because we we just kind of give off, like, if we're going to be super nice and, like, caring and giving for whatever reason, those people are going to be able to kind of pick that up. Yeah, and like definitely. we said, too, it's, like, it's so easy nowadays because you can go on social and hit up that hashtag, and then it's, like, there's a whole bucket full of empaths. Yeah, for certain. So, um, and also I want to put out there, too, that empaths is not to be confused with a person who has weakness who no, is no. not it, who is not um strong enough or doesn't have a backbone or anything like that an empath and also an empath is not anyone who is deemed special outside of other people empaths are just people who just genuinely feel in into the feelings of others and can tap into that on a very energetic level yes uh, and that's good yes. that you say that because it's like it would be easy to think, oh, well, these are weaker people. Or when you're going through an experience like we both have had, and I'm sure many of the listeners, you probably feel that weak feeling because when you're getting targeted or when you're in like more of a manipulative NPD, kind of what we talked about last time, the, the um, narcissistic behaviors, it can make you feel like you're weak or like you're not strong to kind of get out of that. And you might even have some shame or guilt after you kind of realize it and you might feel those feelings, but that doesn't mean that necessarily you are a weak person for going through something like that. Absolutely. So let's best define what is pseudo empathy. So pseudo empathy was something that um, I want to say that I don't want to take the credit of, but I feel like it needed a name because it was kind of like a phenomenon that was going on. Like Ash had mentioned in the beginning, especially on social media. So pseudo-empathy, in my own words, it's pretty much an unrealistic understanding of feelings and thoughts and the emotional state of someone, but underneath, without identification or care to improve the condition of another. And like I said, um, a lot of the pseudo-empathy is pretty much delivered by either a very super toxic person and usually the narcissist is the one that pretty much uses this as some type of subversive tactic to get what they want, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I so- just want to mention, too, with that whole, like, the definition, it's, 
it's also recognizing it's the power of the, the narcissist or the other person that's pretending or kind of assuming the the face of being an empathetic person. It's like their power to manipulate someone else's emotional condition for their own personal benefit. Right. It's all about manipulating others just so they can fulfill their own selfish needs. And I think that's the worst part is because they put up like such a good front. And that's why it's so hard to be in a circumstance like that, because it's like on the outside world or on the outside, like social world or in person world, they can look like the most sweetest person out there. But then when you're behind the closed door or you're in more of a relationship or like a closed session, then the gloves come off and it's a completely different situation. And they also do that throughout the whole relationship where it's like the, the give and the pull, if you will, of just like them being nice and then turning completely left field out of nowhere. Yeah. And think about it. Like if you use like, say for instance, um, the common social media that we use almost every day is Instagram. Uh, Instagram, you can pretty much define a persona if you, if, you want like you can grab pictures and tag a tag a quote here and there to you know give some inspiration and stuff like that um or you can um you can post videos or or you know post pictures of yourself whatever well yeah Um, because everyone can front like anyone can put up a certain front of like how they want to be perceived or like what they want to put out into the world and it doesn't really matter because you can literally just put whatever you want up there and that mm-hmm. makes me think of the song by for yeah oh yeah pretty much <laughs> and uh meanwhile the person you know when you meet them in real life they're the total opposite of you know what they what they what they're posting yeah what they emulate online and the narcissist or the toxic person that uses pseudo empathy um, you know, they're good at, they're good pretty much at manipulating certain people. Um, and I'll give my, my personal example of, you know, of the narcissist that I met a year ago that use pseudo empathy. And it's almost, it's, it's a tactic that I swear they must like go home at night and think about this shit because, because the way how it was just so set up, like it was just so, Well, I think that's the thing, too, because that's what I've realized, too. And I'm sure this is like kind of part of your experience, but it's like they kind of get really, really close and they figure out a lot about you. Yeah, that's like how the whole relationship or the whole dynamic kind of starts to unfold. And they start by putting on that sweet face of I really care about you. I want to help you. I want a relationship with you, whatever Mm -hmm. the situation is, whatever the like, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in that relationship they also start like being really caring. And that's why it's, it's like, it's hard to the outside eye because you just think, Oh, this person really has my best interest at heart or they really want to get to know me. And it's hard to be able to decipher that on the onset. But I think what we both have learned through our multitude of experiences now is that it's always about listening to yourself. Cause I know for myself, every single like narcissist or every single like pseudo empath situation that I've been involved in at almost every single time, even if it wasn't like really strong. And I know we have all these episodes about intuition that we can always go back to, but every single time, like I kid you not, like I always had like some type of like intuitive hit or like 
even just like the smallest thing. And it might have not been every single time I was talking to the person or every time I was hanging out with them. But for whatever reason, every single one, I literally can look back and be like, wow, like there was something that felt off. Like you just have that feeling. And some of them Mm -hmm. were more like a big fat, like red flag. But there were other times where it was more just like one conversation or they said one thing that felt kind of off or like jazz said, like they posted something and it didn't quite match the, the, uh, the other really, like the actual face to face or the in-person or something didn't quite sit right. And yet I think like the more you experience it, the more you learn how to really be able to decipher these situations. Yeah, for sure. So before I jump into um, my story and a little bit of more research info, because because um, I found some interesting stuff, um, I want to say about 30 plus years ago, where research was actually conducted on pseudo empathy. But it oh, was wow. ne- yeah, it was never discussed until like, until Recent. yeah, there's really nothing recently. But um. But I have a feeling that this will this will cross the board on some on some level, especially um, at the height of social media usage and stuff like that. Um, But I want to disclose that, you know, the purpose of this topic is not to seek pity or shed some insta prominence or insta fame to the narcissist that, you know, we've known and others out there because they ain't that special. They're not original. and talk now <laughs> yeah pretty much and the goal really for this podcast episode is and even the ones preceding this was um to help the other person out there who's you know who's tired of the fucking mind games um like it's really about shedding light on like such a t- it's like a really like when you're in it it's such an emotional like just hard to deal with it's something that I've literally been going through and I know jazz has and I've been there before in past relationships but it's it's really a hard topic it's a really hard subject matter yeah and that's why like jazz and I like after last episode I was just like well we really got to talk more about this because we just glossed over it but it's like when you're involved in something like this it's really difficult and that's why we're doing this because it's like we want you to know that like you're not crazy and for whatever it is that you're feeling, whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, mm-hmm. this show is really just to help you kind of realize or recognize like these little tiny things that you might be kind of feeling into. Like maybe your intuition is telling you something and you're like, well, I feel like I shouldn't like think anything poorly of this. Cause that's what I was experiencing. It's like, I don't want to say something because everyone else loves these people or loves this person or loves that, like that connection. And you feel awful about it because you don't want to say anything and you don't want to bring light to something because we want to not necessarily like go down that road. It's not about bad mouthing or saying like Jess said, we're like higher than someone or like this or that, but it's more about giving you guys the opportunity to kind of listen to this like conversation and be like, okay, yeah, I know that I'm not alone and that I'm not nutty. I'm not off my rocker. And it's okay if I don't feel the same feelings that everyone out there and their mother feels for that person, whether it's a business person, an influencer, a best friend, a family member, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever the case is mm-hmm. for whatever it is that you're going through. Like whatever you're feeling, I, I literally want you guys to know that you're valid in it, in it. Because yeah. there are way too many times when I kind of did the whole second guessing my own intuition 
and that's something I learned throughout like all these experiences in my 20s and even the most recent one like every single time like I said and I don't want to beat a dead horse but it's like it literally comes down to intuition and trusting whatever you're feeling and if you feel like something's off in that scenario or in that relationship really think about it and again like listen to our show like take away what you have like take away what resonates don't like use us as the gospel like go out and do your own research talk to other people talk to a therapist if you need to like whatever is happening for you just know that you're not alone in this because that's really what I want you guys to know from my heart and I know jazz feels the same it's like Mm -hmm. after going through shit like this I just want you to know that you're not crazy. You're not alone. Cause it does bring up a lot of like shame and anger and confusion and just like hurt and all like the whole boatload of emotions. Yeah, it really does. And it's such a serious issue and it just, it needs to be exposed appropriately. Um, so with that said, my episode with pseudo empathy was presented with an online persona um, that pretty much just talked and talked and talked and talked about his feelings um wanting to you know wanting to help you know the poor people he posted spiritual based images and quotes really indulged in conversations about you know feeling uh feeling depressed about the state of the world and i want to make all these corrective changes for everyone else um taking pictures of himself donating um donating to others uh, you know, and then putting others down by not quote unquote keeping up. Okay, so that's the type of persona that I came across in both offline and, and in real life. Um, you know, while it's okay to to post spiritual quotes, I mean, I do it all the time. Um, as many as many others who you know who want to inspire other people. Um, two of the biggest red flags. Um, in this particular instance was that that now looking back in hindsight was one conversations were long and they were all about himself um, and there was no uh, reciprocity between the conversation and the weight of the conversation as to you know well how jazz right you know, there was none of that and that's yeah. like a huge and red then, flag right there just because it's like when oh, yeah. someone is only, like, every time that they're only going to be sharing their drama or what's going on for them or they're talking and talking and talking and they're not giving you the opportunity or even having the courtesy of just even a basic, like, oh, how are you doing, Jazz? Or what's new in your world? Or how's, what's going on? Even if it's just, yeah. like, a simple, like, two-minute, like, how are you doing? And then let me verbally vomit all my drama. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and then the second red flag for me in this particular instance was the you know the random um excessive pics about himself donating to others you know putting up this whole altruistic persona and then feeling like he has to prove and validate it to the world that this and is that's what the worst does. yeah yeah that is like when you lead, really i is. feel like when you lead with that like there's something off about that because it's like to me if you're gonna like be like giving something or donating or doing all this stuff it's like if you're gonna put that out in the front face like something's off like why do you need that to be the the core why does that have to be like why are you trying to make yourself look like a superhero like I feel like that should just speak on its own yeah for sure so that's why um 
that's why I'll I'll post stuff about charities, especially charities that I support. Um, you know, and I you know I have a I have a pretty big um sponsored um organization group that I you know that I freely give charity to, and that's like me going on social media and constantly talking about that, and constantly talking about how you know I do X Y and Z and and you know posting pictures of my my you know my yearly my yearly uh sponsorship report just so I can show people that and validate to strangers that this is what I do yeah and that's, yeah and that's pretty much what it was it was just it, it's you know it's very odd and it's like if there's a time and a place like yeah you want to be acknowledged and like share like something that you're proud of but there's like a fine balance between like yeah if you're literally doing it every damn day or if you're like literally shoving it down people's mouths every single day or like they're always like sharing 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 everything that's like they're up to or that they're not up to like everything that they're doing that's like looks good for the outside world or like oh look at me look at everything I'm doing it's like yeah that feels off because again it's that fine balance of like yes share what you want to share and it's not like oh you shouldn't but it's more just like the vibes it puts off I guess right exactly and then the third sign was the um the constant need to tell people to pick to like um quote unquote you know catch up or keeping up it's like it's it it was counter it, it's almost like counter messages because one minute you're going from this altruistic persona to now telling people what they need to do and yeah that, yeah that's where it, it was pretty much all the red flags and that should never be like the the way it should be and that that's similar to kind of what I experienced in the in the fact that it's like you do it this way and if you don't abide by these rules or these regulations or this is how we want you to share your story or this is how we want you to share your um your thoughts with the world or this is like how you need to show up in the world if there's a lot of that, like, oh, you have to do it this way or no way, no other way. Like, if you're not abiding to what I want as the leader, as the person that's, like, quote, unquote, in charge in the relationship, then yep. that's a huge red flag. Because it's, like, any real friend, lover, partner connection would want you to do what's best for you. It's, like, yes, we all want to, like, learn from each other and seek advice and wisdom. But then if it's literally, like if they like turn their corner or like they turn their cheek at the onset of you not abiding by their rules and regulations. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, for sure. It's a huge, like, well, I guess in the moment I didn't really notice it, but like afterwards, like, yeah, whenever like I did something that didn't abide by certain ideas of what my life should look like or what I should be doing, then you get the the repercussions exactly. If you will. So all these red flags just pretty much equated to the ultimate narcissistic behavior, the worship of oneself. This is me. Look at me. It's all about me. And now I'm not. And then it's like dance puppet yeah, dance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now I'm not saying you need to scope out every guy or gals um social media page um especially those who claim to be conscious or have a spiritual based belief but use the appropriate discernment to distinguish the pseudo empathetic behavioral traits and i think eventually too since we talked about intuition a lot it's 
eventually you get to the point where you just do a cursory glance and you're like, do I like, literally you can go on someone's page and be like, how do I feel with this person? Like, how do I feel in this environment? Like you can literally start doing mm-hmm. that because yes, you can kind of notice all these like red flags and things that are kind of obvious, yeah. but they might not be obvious until you get going, like until you're starting to conversate with that person or if you're commenting and liking on things or if you're engaging with someone or if you're going out on dates with people, you might not notice it yeah, right away, like all these like signs that we're saying right now, but for me now, and this is because I speak with hindsight and a lot of experience kind of coming out of a lot of different relationships and whatnot. But now it's like, anytime I feel like something's off, like it can literally be like, I look at your profile or I see one thing and I'm like, uh-uh, something feels well, off Well, isn't here. it, Walk isn't it safe to say? I've learned. I'm oh, sorry. Isn't it safe to say that you kind of, you, you, with the combination of intuition and stuff like that and experience, you kind of see a pattern. Yeah, like it becomes very obvious. And for me too, and that's where I was bringing the intuition in because I start feeling a certain type of way because we are empaths and we're feeling into everything. So it's like, that's why I'm saying like, notice how you feel on that person's, like if you're seeing an image as you scroll through, it's like, how do you feel in that? Or when you're going out, how do I feel here? It's like just noticing what's coming up for you because eventually you'll start to see a pattern in how your body responds. Right. Right. And going back to how your body responds, um, let me share a little bit of the info about the research that I discovered on pseudo empathy. And it's probably one of the earliest research because it was um, completed back in 1976 by the University of Rochester. Um, It's where a group of 80 male and female third graders and first graders were presented to watch two brief videotapes of social interaction episodes. So half of the subjects viewed an ambiguous tape, in, I'm sorry, an unambiguous tape, in which one character um, had, you know, showed effective responses, was the same with the, situ- the situational context in which that um, character had operated in. The remaining subjects viewed an ambiguous video in which the nonverbal effective response of the character was not the same with the situational context. So the subject responses were recorded and then they scored it on the basis of their judgment. Okay. And this is what they found. So the diff- there was no differences were predicted on um on the empathetic responses of the first and third graders to the unambiguous tape, which was the first one, the two age groups did exhibit significant responses to the ambiguous or the second tape, where the subject in the video was pretty much using nonverbal responses um, that were not the same with the, the situational context. Um, it was found that the first grader employed a highly centered inference or concluding strategy to use their judgment on whether the characters' effective responses match best match the situation, whereas the third the third graders did not. Okay, and with the skill, they were able to distinguish what was real and what was fake empathy. 
Interestingly <laughs> enough, the older group or the third graders used the tactic of the judgment, but then their logic reasoning took over in place of the inferior inferior um, strategy or the concluding strategy. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So that goes to show me that the first graders uh, pretty much they used a concluding strategy where they were looking at the whole picture and they were they might have been using their own kind of innate intuition but it, they didn't actually the actual research document know what yeah, they, they were, doing. were doing but they were and that's so interesting because when you think about it like when you're a child like you gravitate towards certain things like this is how i was saying like notice how yeah. you feel it's like, yeah, when you're a child, like, you gravitate to, like, different things, whether that's what you're playing with or, like, you gravitate to certain foods or, like, certain parts of the playground. Like, you just gravitate to shit. So it's it's interesting how we even have, like, that just shows that we all have innate intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why, I, that's why I, 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 I love this part of the research because not only was it in alignment to the pseudo-empathy, but it goes to show you it brings merit to the use of intuition and how important that is especially in the yeah because like all the way from childhood yeah. it's like yeah just like it makes so much sense because we do like it's obvious that you gravitate t- towards certain things and it's like of course something is leading you towards that like yeah just like child curiosity when you're young but it's like there there is like something to that how why else would you automatically go to certain things? And why, why, why would a kid cry when they don't like something? Like, that's almost intuition showing when you can't necessarily talk or do anything about it when you're really <laughs> little. Like, if you're automatically going to scream or yell or, like, get, like, all smiley and giggly, it's like that's something. Like, that's the intuition coming through a yeah, baby. Yeah, for sure. So, since we're on the subject of children, um, in the last episode, I mentioned about um, narcissistic behaviors, um, especially among the parents of today. Like I'm talking about our generation, the millennials. Um, we also have to remember too that we have to take into mind the possible pattern that we impose on the kids that are coming up today in this generation, because we came, our generation came at the at the premise of technology. Like we still had the old school analog. And we were, you know, we were just on the brink of turning into digital. VHS yeah. tapes. Yeah, grew up on VHS. We, we grew up on cassette tapes and stuff like that. So we were on the whole phase out, phase in digital communication technology world. Whereas these kids. Oh, oh, I remember in kindergarten. That was when the World Wide Web first came out. It was, like, the biggest, like, hottest shit ever. Oh, yeah. And I remember there was this whole, like, little, like, grade school, like, assembly where it's like, we're going to show you the WWW. You know, when I was growing up, I thought AOL was WWW. Yeah, I thought <laughs> AOL was the, like, I thought AOL was the whole entire For internet. Real, that's what I thought, because I was just like. And they had the dial up, and then it was, like, this big thing, though, because I remember it was, like, one of those ghetto, like, you know how they would do those videos in classrooms? They had like they'd roll in that cart and then they pop in a VHS tape. Yep. It's like this weird like guy in a suit, and they showed this big picture of the world, and it was like they had that dial-up sound, like the future yeah. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then you remember back when in two thousand, like everybody thought it was the end of the world. What was it? Y two K? 
oh yeah 2000 it was like holy shit get your water get your gear gonna die. get your stuff ready <laughs> we're gonna die tomorrow like january 1st 2000 we're gonna die because it was like oh the clocks aren't gonna know how to turn to 2000 from 1999 yeah. <laughs> somebody said it was gonna go backwards or some shit like that <laughs> yeah i remember that though people were like in a panic yeah. i remember like all these people were like going to every single store and buying the fuck out of water like we've got to get all the water in the house before this world comes to an end i was like sitting on pins and needles like is the world gonna end tomorrow (laughs) like what's gonna happen yeah seriously so you know these new kids that are coming up and you know generation after us they they're already equipped with the digital knowledge it's it's crazy like how quick they just tapped onto it but i guess it's safe to say that you know that was expected um yeah, it's like when you grow up with that, then of course, like, yeah, definitely. So now, you know, they're, they're been introduced to social media, they've been introduced to, you know, all the avenues out there online, that, you know, there's this need to, you know, have their persona, especially on social media and stuff like that. And, you know, especially when I'm in school, and I'm teaching kids, you know, and I see how they interact, you know, um, on their phones and and uh you know on social media especially on instagram they're going live for no particular reason but because they their friends are on there and that's how they talk to each other you know it's a very it's a very interesting well, they're going live in the they're classroom? going live in the classroom yes i had to tell them to put that crap away and so they're talking they're talking to like another friend in the classroom or like to another kid that's like somewhere else in the school another kid somewhere else in the school Wow, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, but it's very distracting, especially when I'm trying to do a breakdown on PEMDAS. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, with that being said, um, you know, I'm not a parent or anything like that, but I see it in the kids that I teach, and I see how much of an influence, you know, um, social media has on who they are and who they're becoming and what type of reputation they want to take on. And sometimes a lot, well, a lot of times as we see, it's, um, it's incurring a, a sense of, I got to be this type of person. And it's not the most healthiest way either. Like, it's always a competition. It's always about, you know, look at me, look what I'm wearing, look what I'm stunting with, you know, I got all these dollar bills you know they ain't buying nothing with it but they got dollar bills you know they just you know throwing it in the air because they see that especially you know music videos and what's going on in the culture and and they emulate that and so they use the social media platform to showcase you know their quote-unquote artwork because that's who they are um and it's interesting because it's like we did that back in the day too yeah like before smartphones it was the same shit it was just like you would be like going into high school and like wearing the certain clothes or like having the certain thing whatever the hottest thing of the moment was it's like just a different a different way about it whereas before it was like oh let's see what you're wearing or what car are you driving or what party are you going yeah and um so the reason why i bring up the whole parents into it because, um, you know, I'm not going to call out any names, but I've seen some parents that actually will openly compete, you know, showing off their kid online with another parent. Um, well, that's the parent competing with the parent. Though, yeah, right? it is. It, I mean, 
but it's also it, it's also fostering some type of entitlement behavior or an unhealthy behavior within the child because now it's like it's like the child is no longer a child now it becomes an object because now it's like I gotta show off this and I gotta it's almost like keeping up with the Jones except now you're involving your child <laughs> as yeah because that's that's on the parent like that's like on the parents and the child adapts yeah to that. exactly so and that can't be it definitely can't be healthy for the child either so the parent just needs to get their own Instagram and just start finding yeah, their own seriously. shit <laughs> that's how you solve that problem <laughs> Like, if you're really, just cut the kid out. Like, cut the kid out. Let the kid wander and explore and do their own thing. But then let the parent compare. Like, the parent can compete with whoever they mm-hmm. want. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the block. Like, if you want to compete with the lady down the street, like, go for yeah. it. So, pretty much in the last episode, I talk about, you know, how does a narcissist come out of that? And, again, this goes back to um, childhood, childhood upbringing. The parent... Um, it has that two extreme involvement in their life where the parent, you know, praises their openly praises their, you know, their achievements. Like, say, for instance, the child, you know, loves basketball and and is great in basketball. And it's like they were voted the MVP. And you'll see the narcissistic parent going crazy in competitions. And and that's my baby and being all proud and everything. Um you know, being very loud, but then behind closed doors, when it comes to the child, you know, either wanting to seek help for their homework or, you know, it's going through a hard time because they were bullied in school, the parent wants nothing to do with them and just like, you know, scoots them away. That leads to the growth of a narcissistic behavior because it's giving context and praise to, um, to achievements while ignoring the emotional state of the child to the point where they grow up thinking that this is susceptible, you know, and then, and then with that said, um, you know, that's where the establishment of entitlement starts to come into play and all those other bad things about it. Now, does every kid grow up that way become a narcissist? Not really. There are some people that, you know, it's like saying like, like somebody has a very bad childhood grows up to be an asshole. It, it you know, you can't equate it like everybody else is different. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. so- it's beyond childhood too. like childhood plays a part since the nature. It's like nature versus nurture. But there's a lot that happens outside of the, the family environment, because like, then even as you're coming up and up and up, like as you get into like college and after college or wh- whatever you do you're experiencing experiences and that will help shape you into the person you are. Exactly. So like I said, you know, I'm not a parent or anything like that, but I think the best advice is really to take a holistic approach as far as raising your kid, especially, especially taking into consideration the type of world that they're living in now. Now it's a digital world and it's not going away. It's going to keep becoming even more digitalized. If you want to speak, speak like that, but, um, but yeah, if we take more of a mental um, note into it, you know, regarding the emotional health, um, fostering, you know, a healthier lifestyle with them as far as healthier foods, which is something that I think really needs to hit home really early on, because I have so many kids that I teach right now that they see me eating a salad and they're just like, 
ill. I, I get either two responses, ill, what is that? Or two, um, that's all you're eating. <laughs> like, like that's just something that's like terrible and it's like bad. But, it, you know, but that's because yeah. they're not being taught about their health and how important health is. And I, and I feel like that's something that needs to start very young at home and needs to be taught that this is what your growing body needs rather than freaking Dunkin' Donuts, donuts and coffee and culottas and stuff like that. I can't even tell you how many times that, it, that annoys the hell out of me when I see a parent take their kids to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and buys them a donut and a culotta <laughs> that's filled with sugar to the top. Like, if they only knew how much sugar was in that one small culotta, like, they would just flip. <laughs> but this is what I see all the time. Culotta just sounds funny. It's like, what the fuck is Oh, you don't that? know what a culotta is? Okay, so no. culotta, check this out. It's Dunkin' Donuts' version of the 7-Eleven Slurpee. Yes. What? But it's got to be coffee, right? Like it's not Well, like it could come slurpee. it could come like coffee like or you can get it in the other flavors. Um some of the other flavors. And I'm not being paid by Dunkin' Donuts by the way, but I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> that You're not paid by 7-Eleven yeah, either. Uh, but yeah, the the colada it's like it's pretty much like a frosted drink. You can either get it as a coffee-based type of thing where it's a coffee like an iced latte but they also have like strawberry flavor and um not strawberry flavored coffee but strawberry like flavored like pretty much like a, a slushy consistency same thing add some whipped cream on the top and you're good to go that's a strawberry colada and they're giving yeah and they're wow. giving them the, you know permission with these kids to just go in there grab their grab their morning breakfast and then come to class like it's nothing um but yeah but but it's stuff like that where i feel like parents need to take control of because health does play it does play a very big part in the um you know your overall wellness of a child including their mental and emotional state too you know we always about like yeah like how does health play into psychological it does um, you're talking about chemical imbalances um, that can be restored with the right nutrition. So that definitely needs to be, be looked at. And I'm pretty sure that's another topic we'll, we'll dive into sometime in the future as far as that goes and how does that relate to mental wellness. I ate a lot of crap though when I was little. I ate Dunkaroos. Oh, yeah, so did I. I tear that shit up. <laughs> I'm good now. Yeah, like, no, now I'm good. I'm, I'm good. But my concern is that because back then you, you're talking about the packaging sizes have doubled. <laughs> well, yeah, the serving size is a yeah. problem. It's more about the serving size because it's like there's there's no harm in having like a nice little sugary treat or drink, but yeah. then it's like the sizing is like triple the size of exactly. what it was. So. You know, I just wanted to put that out there, especially with regards to raising. You know, we want to raise well-balanced human beings. At the end of Here's a random factoid. Yeah, just a random fact. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, ever since I turned 33, I've been eating salad every day for lunch because it's like what I crave now. I mean, I used to like salad, but I never like craved it as much as I do now. Yeah, it's so weird. And now it's like salad. I love salad every single day now. See, and that's awesome. That's that's good. That's what your body needs. Because before I would just like, I would do something really unhealthy. I used to just have coffee at lunch. Like I would just skip oh, wow. lunch. And yeah, now I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat lettuce. 
yeah, no, that's that's excellent. I mean, it's I'm not, I'm not I'm not joking with you or anything like that, but damn, that's a big jump compared to what. You're I don't know what happened. It's like I don't know what happened because it's like as soon as I turned thirty three, it's like probably a little bit before my birthday too. Like I've just been on the salad kicks. I get on these kicks. Or I'm like, I'm all about like salmon or I'm all about this or I'm all about something. Like I get through these kicks and it's like, yeah, like I've just been eating a lot of salad. No, that's good. I'm telling you, the after thirty-three I'm <laughs> just like random shit about no. Ash. Like, let me tell you, <laughs> I, I just love salad at lunchtime now. And I, I don't even put dressing on it. I just eat the leaves. Yeah. I have the I I eat I like the leaves with the red onion and then I put uh what's it called? I put avocado on it. Oh, that's so- so and avocado is my my avocado is my dressing because I don't I don't know I'm not a big fan of all the dressing. Yeah, yeah, it's overkill. And I don't like croutons. Croutons don't are not my favorite. Yeah, they're weird. <laughs> they're weird. They're like little hunks of like toasted bread. <laughs> Do your hilarious. Like, who created who created croutons? I wonder. Alexa, who created croutons? She doesn't know the creature. Oh, no, we're going to fire Alexa because we can't have that. We need facts, young lady. I need facts. I need to know who made the crouton. Now we're going to Google it after this call. <laughs> so the real question, back to, back to the pseudo-empathy while we're talking about croutons, everybody. Um, can it be treated? I don't, think a, I don't feel like a crouton would be very empathetic. We could throw a crouton, though, at the pseudo-empathetic, though. But yeah, it wouldn't be like a real good like throwing thing because it's not like a big like it's not like really like what's the word like hefty. It's not like heavy to throw. Well, I don't think it would be a good weapon. But I just I have a feeling that a crouton would not be. <laughs> Highly doubt it. <laughs> so the question becomes: Can can a pseudo empathy empathetic be treated? Maybe, maybe not. It's like asking a narcissist: Do they want to change? And most they have a problem so well change has to come from within yeah too. it really does however there are some cases um of legit narcs who seek treatment and are guided by specialist by specialized therapists to learn how to develop empathy in a healthy way but they they can't hmm. be converted to naturally they can't be converted to empaths or they they just you know they're here that and that's it um they're here yeah they're out there pretty much so roaming the streets digging through your insta pretty much looking at hashtag empaths <laughs> yeah so hashtag empath hashtag lightworker for real <laughs> so um so in closing you know some so- by the way what was that <laughs> i want everyone to go check out jazz's she did this really good post about like lightworkers work in the dark oh Thank you, homie. This woman in New York, this woman in NY on Insta. Yeah, it, I definitely did a, a breakdown because I felt like, you know, there's, you know, you have your basic light worker definitions out there. Um, but yeah, that's that message is one that resonates with me because that's that's the reality of what a light worker truly who they truly are and what they truly do. Um, yeah, so just a random shout out. <laughs> really want you guys to go check out that post. I really liked it. Thank you. But um, the solutions when dealing with someone on that toxic level, especially the ones who exist. 
solutions to deal with that type of energy after you dealt with them well the first one i'm going to suggest is let them go go no contact with this type because they don't even deserve a closure with you at all um and then the next thing is to visualize visualize yourself cutting the cord away from this person um and then the next step is to sage yourself because with saging, this allows you, you could buy sage at, at Whole Foods. You're just using the smoke to pretty much lift that energy away from your enteric body. And by enteric body, that means like your the aura body. Yeah, your aura. And then, um, then react peacefully, not angrily. Send them out with love forgiveness and gratitude now you're probably wondering why the hell would i be thankful for this bastard because they taught you a lesson yes exactly bingo ash hit the nail on the bingo that person taught you a lesson that you needed to learn to improve yourself as a person and there's no better lesson than that yeah than getting out of it and then it really it makes you realize how strong you are like if you don't think you're already strong like go through hell and back and boy yeah, you'll come out like strong and shiny. Seriously, and then last but not least, my other recommendation is is to write a letter to the person um, expressing your disdain for them, and then close it with you know I forgive you, I send you out with love and peace. May the universe guide you in the best way possible. And once you're done, you sign burn it. that bitch. Yes. But also remember, too, that you might want to fold it because you don't want to burn it entirely. It'll probably take forever for it to burn. And as you're folding it, fold it away from you, not towards you, because you want the energy to go out away from you and then burn that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And be cautious where you light things up. Just make sure you got the space to, like, let fire happen. Yeah, don't, I mean, if you can do it outdoors, do it outdoors on your patio, whatever. If you have to do it in your home, do it in your home, but grab a, grab a fireproof container in which you can burn safely. And or don't just leave it, do it over the toilet and have a window open. Yeah, and don't leave it unattended. Make sure that, no. that, shit, yeah, that shit burns away and burns out because I don't yeah, want to be responsible. Me and Ash don't want to be responsible. No, we don't take any responsibility if you burn something. Yeah, for real. We want to put that disclaimer out there. If you want to burn a crouton, go for it. I'd like to see what happens. Yeah, seriously. And then post a picture and then tag us on Snapchat with Ash and Chad. (laughs) I want to see your burnt crouton. And then put hashtag burn that bitch. (laughs) Burn that bitch. So I hope you guys got a lot of info, a lot of laughs, a lot of croutons in this whole conversation. And now it's just, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to our next episode. We're going to have our guest speaker, uh, Christine Medina from the CM brand. She's going to be talking about um, some of the ups and downs from the emotional standpoint that the entrepreneur, the modern entrepreneur goes through these days. I like that. Modern (laughs) modern entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a very good, substantial talk you're not gonna want to miss that so stay tuned for that that's airing on wednesday night yes and we won't be talking to you guys for another two days or two episodes because then we have a guest the following day oh yeah that's right yeah we have brian taylor from the past uh podcast that past podcast yeah that's gonna be awesome yeah 
hopefully we'll talk about music with him oh yeah yeah definitely that's gonna have some really good good insight because we're like music by the way that drake have you seen the drake in my feelings challenge i heard about it but i haven't seen it just yet i'm like so out of it just look you can look up the hashtag okay (laughs) is it funny they were playing there it's funny and they were playing that song at target I'm like, of course you're going to play the Drake in my feelings Yeah, of course. Song. Why not? It's Target. Because it's been all over the place. There's this funny video, though, of this girl that, like, hops out of a car, and then she does a dance. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to, like, look that up now. <laughs> oh, oh, Jazz, at, did, you, did you get to listen to New Waves yet? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, my God. It's so good. I'm, like, kind of, like off kilter because i'm just like how why is this not getting enough airplay or, or maybe it's just that's what i feel i'm like why is it not like blowing up it's so weird yeah i just think it's really yeah, good like i love the whole album yeah you guys gotta definitely check out that album that's yeah hashtag new waves hashtag soul gap with S hashtag hashtag if you love it or hate it i want to hear what people think of new waves because i think it's such an underrated album yeah yeah it really is because i mean who would have thought those two together like come on corn that guy from corn what was the name of that song whatever comes no that wasn't whatever comes up that was the other one oh you're talking about corn when he came on yeah he did um oh my god why i I see the video in my head. Why do I not remember the song? Hold up, though. Was there videos from New Waves? Not New Waves, but Corn back in the day that I used to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Corn back in the day. But I was talking about that song that the guy, like one of the front singers from Corn, did with um, Bone Dogs. Yeah, no, I, you know, I didn't even look it up to see if there was an actual video. I wonder if there's videos for it. I mean, I feel like nowadays people don't do videos anymore. Yeah, and, that, and it kind of sucks too because it's like... Because it used to be like a real big yeah, production. Yeah, and they used to go all out. They used to do like music video. They would do music video of the year yeah. on the award shows. I mean, I feel like they kind of did that because, yeah, I mean, there's still music video because I think like Kendrick Lamar won it or something. Every time I think of music videos, I always associate it with like Damn, when I used to have MTV on back in the day, like all day. Yes. Because all they would show was music. Like that was before the reality shows and all that stuff. Yeah. After that, like it totally pissed before, me off. Before like Flavor Flav and everything yeah. came on. Like VH1. Thank you, VH1. <laughs> yes. A pop up. What was that show? The pop up bubbles. Oh, yeah. Pop up video. Pop, 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 pop video. <laughs> that was my jam. I used to love watching the videos and the facts because you know I'm all about the facts too. I know you are. That was just like so fun because it's like you get these little pop-ups and it's like random stuff. Yeah, that reminds me of that that REM video, Losing My Religion. <laughs> oh yeah, the pop-up little things. I wish they would bring that. Sh- I wish they would bring that back. Yeah, they really should. They should do that with modern videos because how funny would it be to see the pop-ups where like juvenile back that? Yeah, ass seriously, up. I would love to see what are the facts on that. <laughs> <laughs> What were the inspirations? Or what's that other? Is that song? Does that song have a lyric? I got hoes in all different area codes. Because it has the wait, it has the music videos. Okay, so juvenile back the ass up. We all know that yeah. song. But does that is that the song where they go? I got hoes. I got hoes in all different. No, areas that's codes. ludicrous. 
Oh, that's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, that's ludicrous. He has okay. his own video for that one. Yeah. Oh, that was like a legit like whole song. Yeah. No, legitimately, yeah. That's the funny part. Yeah. Like that's but that was the shit we were brought up on too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember they would have like this like they had like this big band come and they had all these girls walk out of this band. Like yeah. It, it's so funny because I think about like suppose those videos came out today, like what would be the reaction, especially now? <laughs> now so- oh, I know. <laughs> That's why it's like, can we like bring some of this stuff back? Or the um, what was it, the Snoop Dogg video where he had all the dogs? Oh, um, Snoop, it was Dogg. Snoop Dogg and um, is it Gin and Juice? Yes, Gin and Juice. I was just listening to that yep, the other yep, day. Gin and Juice. No, I was. This is funny. This wraps. This ties it all in a neat bow, and then we'll let you guys go. So I was listening to Gin and Juice the other day at lunch, and I tweeted it. So I know I actually I remember doing this. I was listening to Gin and Juice, and I wrote Snoop and Salad. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> How cool would it be if he would have retweeted that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. It's like, yeah, it's like it's just like a perfect dynamic duo, like Snoop and Salad. <laughs> like it just goes. I think so. <laughs> and then you throw in Martha Stewart, and she makes the salad. That would be so funny. It's all set. Seriously, he should really retweet that. He's listening. And then that goes back to my salad thing. It's like I was eating a salad because I've really been into lettuce. And then I had to listen to the Snoop Gin and Juice, and then it was like the two S's. It was just like a perfect harmony. <laughs> She's talking about it like equilibrium. <laughs> it's a perfect harmony. It's like Snoop and Salad. Well, there you go. That could be that could be a restaurant, Snoop it and Salad. Be. Like a quick little pickup spot where you go and get your salad, and it's like they could have the Snoop special, and then Coolio could come into the mix and start cooking oh, for them. Coolio could be the chef. Yep. yep. And then croutons are optional. <laughs> yeah, croutons. I feel like there should I feel like there should be a rapper named Lil Crouton. Crouton. <laughs> Lil Crouton. And then you could have like face tats of croutons. <laughs> and then his hype man's name is Grey Poupon. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay, you guys, we're a mess. <laughs> it's fun it though. <laughs> All right, well, we will wrap this up because I am, um, yeah, we're getting a little past our time now. But it was great talking and having this whole conversation about pseudo empathy and closing it on a very lighter note because that's what we're all about. Yeah, it's good to like, it's good to add it to like close it out with humor. Yeah, definitely. Because it is a serious subject matter. Just because we're laughing, it doesn't mean that we don't take it yes. serious. It's just, I know it's always good to leave things on like a high. Like you want to leave things on a high rather than leave things yeah, on a low. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad we were able to do that and be able to share that. Mix up the laughter. Yeah, for sure. Have some hoots and hollers. Yep, with Snoop and salads. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop and salads and crouton and uh, great coupon, great coupon, the hype man. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, if you're not following us, make sure to follow us on all the social media platforms. Instagram. At SoulGab with Ashley yep, Daz. Facebook as well. And we look forward to our next episode. Remember, again, airing on Wednesday. Yep. And then the next one on the following Saturday. All right, you guys. Now tuning out. Peace and love. Happiness and all that good stuff. Yes. And lots yep. of croutons. It's like.